Okay, got to have water to drink. Water's important, isn't it? So what do we know about water? You know, scientifically speaking, we don't know a whole lot about water. You might say, now wait a minute. I mean, water. What is water? Who can tell me what water is? H2O. Thank you very much. So we have H2. We have two hydrogen atoms. We have one oxygen atom. It's a bipolar molecule, and the oxygen has a negative charge, and the and the hydrogen has a positive charge, okay? And that's good, because it likes to do some amazing things. How many uh, uh, properties of water are there? Can you think of a few? Okay. Anybody think of one? Am I too close to you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anybody think of one? I'm sorry? I... Oceans. Okay, yeah, we have a lot of ocean water, don't we? Oh, I'm sorry, hang on. All right, that's not supposed to do that. Hang on. Let's go back here. For some reason, I'm pushing the wrong button at the wrong time. So, but the water has a lot of different, different properties. In fact, scientists are telling us that, that there's about 60-some properties of water. Now, that kind of blows your mind, okay? We know that water likes to stick to itself. The molecules like to stick to itself. There's a hydrogen bond that's very, very strong. Okay, that's good. That water likes to stick to itself. So uh, then water, water likes to adhere to different things. Have you ever noticed that, that water likes to adhere to things? I mean, when you put your, uh, when you put your, your, your clothes in the water, what happens to them? <laughs> they get wet, okay? They get wet, so water likes to stick to other things, okay? And uh, that's important. And water likes to stick to itself. The water bond likes to stick to itself. Water has one of the strongest surface tensions of any liquid, which is amazing. Have you ever seen those little water striders that walk on the water? Yeah, they're kind of interesting animals. And uh, I don't know if you know it, but they can't swim. What do they do? They're, working, they're walking on the surface tension of the water. The water bond is so, so strong that it forms a skin, okay? It's called the surface tension. And they're very, very interesting animals, and we need them. We need them. How many of you like mosquitoes? Oh, good. Right. We have one person that likes mosquitoes. You know, mosquitoes are very good for us, except when they, when they, do, when they do bite you, because they can transmit a lot of different diseases. But mosquitoes take care of... Ins take, I'm sorry... The water strider eats insect larvae. It'll eat the mosquito larvae. And that's good. That's interesting. But mosquitoes do something important for us. They are pollinators. You knew that. They're pollinators. Do we need pollinators? Yes, we need pollinators, especially when we have bees that are having, coming up with all kinds of different problems with, the, with our bees. Interesting. Well, let's go on here a little further. Now, the water, this is uh, something that we study in about third grade. It's called the water cycle. The water cycle. The water is cyclic. Now, the water that you had today, the water that you're going to have today, the water that you use today, the water that you've used in your body today is cyclic. It's cyclic. That means it's a chain, and it goes over and over and over again. So how does that work? Well, we have moisture in the, in the air, and that moisture in the air falls down to planet Earth. We have rivers and ponds and streams and lakes. And what does the sun do? The sun evaporates that water, and it goes up into the sky, okay? It goes up into the sky, and it also forms clouds, 
Okay? And when those clouds get heavy enough, what happens? We have precipitation, don't we? In fact, we had a lot of it yesterday. Precipitation in the form of rain and snow and sleet and hail okay, come, falls down to back, back down on planet Earth. Now, we also have something that's called transpiration. In transpiration, we have plants. Okay, The plants give off water. Plants give off a ton of water every day, and that water evaporates and goes up into the air as well. And animals give off water. You and I are giving off water right now. Now take a look at your skin. Can you see the water molecules coming off of your skin? Wouldn't it be interesting if we could see that? It'd be very interesting indeed. But we do. We lose water through our skin all day long. And we could become what? Dehydrated. Dehydration is a very, very serious problem, isn't it? If you had a choice of uh, eating food or uh, drinking water to stay alive, which would you rather choose? We would rather choose water, wouldn't we? When we eat food, especially certain foods, it takes water to process that particular food, which is amazing. So where is, where is most of our water? Well, most of our water is locked up, it's on the surface of the earth. About 71% of the water is on the surface of the earth, approximately. The ocean holds about 96.5% of the earth's water. But only 3% of the Earth's water is fresh. Only 3%. That's a very, very small amount of fresh water. You and I need fresh water, don't we? And some of that water is unavailable to us. It's unavailable because it's what? It's locked up in glaciers and in uh, highly, uh, 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 very, very deep areas, and it's hard for us to get, get it out. Interesting. So how much of this water is, ab is available for you and I to drink? you have any idea? Well, probably some of you have an idea. Let me see if I can get see if I can get something out here. Let's see, what did I do with that? Oh, here it is. I have a very special kind of spoon. And uh, these are <clears throat> excuse me, these are hard to find sometimes in our little drawer in the kitchen. But I have a spoon. This is uh, it says one fourth teaspoon. I have a drum right here. Let's consider that that drum is all the water, okay? All the water, all the water on planet Earth. But how much of all of that water is good for us to drink, is safe for us to drink, is available for us to drink? Well, this is how much. This is how much. Right there. Isn't that a lot of water? No, it's not a lot of water. And we need fresh water. We don't want polluted water. We need fresh water. So how do we use our water? Are we good stewards of our water? Or do you, uh, when you brush your teeth, do you let the water run? That's wasting water, okay? When you take a shower, okay, do you, uh, do you lather up, you know, get wet and lather up, turn the water off, you know, and do your, do your, do your scrubbing, then turn the water back on to rinse. That's kind of like a Navy shower. Interesting. How... How much water do we waste? We waste an awful lot of water. But we don't have a lot of fresh water to waste. We need to conserve our water. We, we really, really do. So let's go on here. Let's see what we got. So we got the water cycle. Okay, we're going to have a little quiz at the end so you can take care of that. That's a water cycle. And this is something that God has set up. It's automatic. It's, it's all set up for us. Interesting. Okay, there we go. What's that? 
It's an iceberg. Now, they say that there's just the, we only see the tip of the iceberg, unless you're going to dive underneath the water. And then most of that iceberg, can you imagine how much of that iceberg is underwater? And we know what happens when a great ship hits an iceberg, like the Titanic, okay? It can't, it can't hold up. It's quite amazing. But ice has a different property than other liquids. When ice gets cold and it freezes, it does something that no other liquid does. What does it do? It becomes lighter instead of heavier, like most liquids. Interesting. And the crystalline structure of the water causes it, that, that ice to float. And that was by divine, by divine command. Because what would happen if the ice that forms on the, on the surface, what would happen if that ice sank? It was heavier. Then it would go to the bottom of our streams and our oceans, okay? And then more ice would form at the top and it would fall down. Pretty soon we'd have a solid lake or sea of ice. Most of the plants and animals could not survive. And so when God, when God I want to say invented, but when, when he made... When he made the water molecule, he made it very, very special. And probably other, the, other, the other molecules just kind of like perched up their ears and said, wow, they are so, so different than us. Because ice does something, water does something that most other liquids do not do, which is quite, which is quite amazing. It is. Do you remember some stories in the Bible, or maybe even parables in the Bible, where Jesus talked about water? You remember some of them? What is this one right here? Right, when Jesus met the woman at the well. Now, the woman at the well, what an interesting person she was. An interesting person. Now, these were Samaritans, right? They were Samaritans. The Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't have much to do with each other, okay? There was a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it these days when you don't get along with people? Yeah, a lot of that going on. Interesting. And so Jesus caused the disciples to go right through Samaria rather than go around. They were wondering about that, most likely. And then so Jesus was there at the well, and he was there at a specific time. He wanted to meet this woman. He wanted to meet the woman at the well. What do we know about this woman at the well? Did she need water? (laughs) Yeah. She had to go every day to get the water. But she went every day to get the water at the hottest time of the day. Now, you don't go out in that particular area, especially in that time, and you just don't go out in the heat of the day. The heat of the day is scorching. But why didn't she go out in the heat of the day with the rest of the women? They didn't like her, okay? The rest of the women did not like her. She had a sordid pass. She had a sordid pass. Now, that's interesting. I've got something right here. Let's take, let's take a look at this. Now, I've got a little device right here, and... Uh, This is a, uh, an interesting little device. It has two tracks right here. It has one track right here, and this track represents, maybe we could let it represent a life without particular problems, okay? And here's you or I, and uh, we can start right here, and without any particular problems, we can go from this life right here, and we can go all the way to the end and be successful. So I'm going to set this out here, and let's see what happens right here. There you go. Yep, and it goes to the end. How cool is that? Interesting. But this lady didn't have a life like that. She didn't have a life like that, okay, without any problems. 
She had all kinds of problems. The whole, the whole city knew about her problems. That's why she was going out at the time of the day that she was. So what do we end up with? Well, here's her life. It started out here, but boy, oh boy, oh, she had some dark, dark periods of time, dark periods of time, dark periods of time. But she wanted to get to here. She wanted to get to here. Everybody wants to get to here. What's the shortest way to get from point A to point B? It could be a straight line. It could be a straight line. Interesting. Okay, but she had some detours, okay? Are detours ever good? Well, could be. Could be that some people need to go what? They need to go up in the downs of life in order for them to eventually get, get to the end and be successful. So let's see what we got. So we have a person like this that has... Uh, a, a nice life, not much happening as far as, you know, no, no real problems in their lives. And so if I set these off at the same time, which one is going to get to the end first? Is it the one that has just a shorter way to go? Or is it the one that has going up and down and up and down? This one right here is about 115 centimeters long. This one is about 125 centimeters long. It's very, very long. It's longer, much longer. So make your guess, okay? This is the Brack-Christone paradigm, okay? So here we go. How many of you think this one's going to reach there first? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Okay, all right. We've got a lot of smart people here. And I'm going to set this one down here. Okay, I'm going to let those go together. Here we go, on one. Three, two, and one. Wow, now that's interesting. Now, which one got to the end first? This one got to the end first. This one got to the end first. This is about what we're going to see with this woman at the well. We're going to see this about the woman at the well. This woman at the well, she was there with Jesus, and her life was going like this, and she was probably out of control, and she didn't go out with the other women because they persecuted her, okay? And Jesus had a very good discussion with her. Jesus wanted to try to get to know her. Of course, he knew everything about her, okay? And so she ended up receiving, and then we have that text. What did the text read? What did, what did, what did Jesus ask for? Asked for a drink of water, didn't he? He asked for a drink of water. And uh, she, he ended up, telling her that if he knew who, she, who he was, that she would ask for the water of life, the eternal, the eternal water. Interesting. That was what? That was life eternal. That was everlasting life. Okay? He was offering her everlasting life. So after coming down from her life, okay, he was offering her everlasting life, and probably before, she was the, probably the first person in... in uh, in that area that accepted him. She called the others to, to him, okay? And so he got to witness to that, to all of the Samaritans, which was amazing, just absolutely amazing. So let's go on. Now, water, we're focusing on water here, okay? Because Jesus is the water of life. He's the water of life. We can't live without water. All life forms have to have water that we're aware of. All life forms can have, need water. But there's some surprising things that we can learn about water. Did you know that water has memory? 
Yes, you heard right. Water has memory. You and I have memory, okay? Your phones have memory, okay? Your children have, sometimes they have good memory. But memory, water having memory, water remembers things. And this is what's happening in, in, in education because right now you can actually get a PhD just studying water. There's so much we don't know about God's creation, water. It's not just simple H2O. So, so, what, so what is happening with water? Well, let me, let me, let me show you something. And, uh, and over in Europe, and we've got a couple of uh, universities here that are doing studies in water. They're taking water droplets, okay, from different samples, and they're drying the water droplet. Then they use a very special microscope, which is called a dark field microscope, and they're taking a picture of the water print, of the water print. This is what they're coming up with. Interesting. If you have a container of water, and you, uh, you give it and you talk to it about love, okay, and peace, okay, and wonderful words, okay, wonderful words, then this is what it looks like under the, under the microscope. It looks just like that. Isn't that cool? And when you, when you express words like, like thank you, and you get crystals that look like, look like that. It responds to words. Now, that blows your mind. You might say, no, wait a minute. That's like, you know, that's, that's really strange. Well, it is strange, but it, they can actually prove this, okay, in the laboratory. And then when they uh, bombard it with hate words, hate words, and it's just not symmetrical at all. Isn't that interesting? That water has a memory, and it can react to that. I think it's extremely exciting to think about that. There you go. Here's another, here's another structure. Notice how pretty that looks, how interesting that looks. And another one, exactly. Now, this was, this was what happens when you take water and you put it in an environment of music. Now, we know from plant study that you can take music, and music will influence the growth of plants. How many of you have ever read anything of that? Isn't that amazing? It is really quite amazing. Well, they did the same type of study, but using music with water. And this is how the water can respond. And this, look at the crystalline structure there. Isn't that amazing? I think that's quite amazing. It almost looks like a snowflake, doesn't it? That's interesting. And this is uh, some very, very soothing music. This is some more soothing music. And this right here is what? That's rock. That's rock music, if you want to call it music. That's interesting. It's chaotic. And it doesn't respond well at all. Interesting. Well, who created water? God created water. There isn't anything that Jesus didn't create that has been created. He has created everything. And it's no, it's no surprise to me to, to, to learn about how sophisticated water really, really is as scientists delve into the different areas of water and how it reacts and what it's all about and the different properties of water. Amazing. 
there's a, in, in several countries, they're dealing, they're dealing with some structured water. What is structured water? It's the way nature deals with water. The way nature deals with water is different than how our cities deal with water. You and I get our water from the water company, okay, and it's going through pipes and whoever knows what else, and it goes through chlorination and other purification uh, types of uh, services. But in structured water, structured water is like how nature takes care and structures the water. And they can actually study this structure, okay, underneath this deep field microscope. And so uh, somebody has come up with structured water for industry. And so there's some bakeries that had started out with the structured water, and they used this structured water in their baking, in their business. And they found out, the bakers found out, that it takes, and you'd be interested to know this, Cindy, you'd be interested in that, but it takes less water to make bread. Less water to make bread. And in doing this, it also takes yes, less yeast, okay, as well. And that's always probably a good thing. And the crust is a lot, is a lot thinner and more delicate. I think that's quite amazing to me. It is. Then some other industries, like uh, industry where they have to use water in order to cool, okay, in order to cool machinery and so forth, they found that if they use structured water, then there's less, there's less rust in the system. And they have to repair less pieces of pipes and fittings because of all of the rust and the corrosion because they're using this very, very special specialized water. How interesting is that? Even in swimming pools, when they use water for swimming pools, instead of using a lot of chlorine and all of that, that the structured water, they don't have to use as much chlorine and they don't have the bacteria that they usually have. And so it's very, very beneficial. How interesting. That is amazing. Well, uh, I've got a little experiment here. Let's check this out here. Now, I, what we're going to do is we're going to take water. And water is so powerful, we can make rocket fuel out of it. That's right. You can make rocket fuel out of water using electrolysis. I have a little, uh, this is a little canning jar. And there's some water in here. And there's some uh, stainless steel wires in there. And what I'm going to do is, uh, this is not pure water, because pure water does not conduct electricity. So I've got a little bit of a salt in there. That'll make it conductive. I've got a little battery charger right here. Let me plug this battery charger in. We're going to put 12 volts of electricity into those stainless steel coils. And we have a positive and a negative terminal on my battery charger. And so one wire is attached to this positive terminal, okay? And we're going to try to get uh, hydrogen out of the water through that, through that wire. And the other wire right here, we're going to get oxygen from, and that's going to have a negative charge. So watch this carefully if you can see that. And it's kind of clear, you can see it. But when I, when I attach this to the electricity, then it's going to look a little milky, okay? Well, what's happening is there's going to be hundreds of thousands, probably billions of little teeny bubbles of hydrogen and oxygen taking place. Let's check that out. There you go. Can you see that at all from there? I know you're, you're, you're really a long, long ways away. So we have all of those bubbles. 
So all of those bubbles then are going to build up a little bit of pressure and all of that hydrogen and oxygen gas is going to come out of this little tube right here. And I'm going to put that tube into this little water bottle and I have put some liquid detergent in here along with some water. So we're going to blow some bubbles. So we want the hydrogen and the oxygen to, uh, to blow bubbles in my little container right here. And uh, I know probably most of you can't see that, but it's going to start bubbling up, bubbling up. Every bubble has a mixture of hydrogen and oxygen in it. Now remember, hydrogen-oxygen is rocket fuel. When we use the space shuttle, the liquid fuel tank had what? Had liquid hydrogen in it and liquid oxygen. But we're using gas hydrogen and gas oxygen here. First of all, we have to get rid of all the ambient air that was trapped in there and we're going to fill that tube up here. So we're going to build up a lot of bubbles right here, and then eventually I'm going to un unconnect this right here, and I'm going to take a match, and we're going to burn those bubbles. Okay? I will warn you ahead of time, because it does make a noise. It's rocket fuel, and it's very, very powerful. Now, recently, scientists have also come up with some interesting facts about, about seawater, ocean water. They have found out that they can use radio waves, think about it, radio waves in order to take seawater, salt water, and burn it. Can you imagine? It's not, it's not electrolysis like this where we're using electricity to do it, which is very expensive, but they're using radio waves in order to light the ocean or salt water on fire. Now, what could this mean in the future? Well, you know, we have a lot, we're dependent a lot on oil right now, aren't we? For energy, we need that energy. Well, what would happen if we somehow could switch? And then we could go and we could burn, we could burn ocean water by using radio frequencies. Of course, I don't know what would happen to the rest of the environment and so forth when we do that, but that's an interesting concept. It really is. Okay, so let's see how, we, how we're doing right here. All right, so we got a lot of bubbles built up right here, okay? And let's see. Now, if you, have, if you have small children, you may want to just take them out to the foyer because it, it that makes a loud noise, and I don't want to hurt anybody's hearing. And I don't want to scare anybody. But uh, you can actually take your hands and just cover them, cover your ears with them. It is quite loud, okay? Are, are we okay with that? Okay? And I'm going to go out in the hallway and join them. No, we'll be fine. Okay. So I'm going to take this tube out. Okay, I'm going to take the tube out, and then I'm going to, uh, okay, I'm going to take this out. Move this, move this out of the way. All right. Okay, three, two, one, and we'll make a little bit of noise. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, All right. hit three, two, one, and. Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. Now, wouldn't that be interesting if after we got a drink of water, that happened? <laughs> that would be interesting. Maybe some of us would drink more water. But we do need water. We've got to have water. Without water, we can't have life. And we need life. We need water. That's interesting. Well, that's... Uh, let me unplug this. Here we go. It's not surprising that what 
Jesus has created. The Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and all things were created by Him and for Him. Nothing was created that hadn't been created by and through Jesus. Nothing. Even the things that are invisible. We can't see all of the invisible properties of water, but scientists are trying to show us this, these phenomena. They, they, they're actually phenomena that we just can't hardly believe. But it is believable when you stop and consider who created water. It's not just simple water. And when what Jesus was offering that Samaritan woman was eternal life. And that eternal life was not simple. It wasn't simple for Jesus to offer eternal life. It was the hardest thing that anybody could ever imagine. But it's the easiest thing for us to do is to accept. Accept that salvation through him. That's what he's offering us today. Whether or not we've been on that high road, you know, not too many ups and downs. Whether you've been on that up and down road, up and down road, we can all get to the end. And it doesn't matter who gets to the end uh, first. We just don't know, which is amazing to me. Just amazing. 